You're listening to a recording of a live radio show on NPR News. If you want to listen to us in real time, you can stream our show live weekdays at 9 a.m. Central. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Good morning. I'm Carrie Miller. This is NPR News. Coming up, understanding who America's Latino voters are and what they want. But first, if it's Monday, it's the political junkie, Ken Rudin. Hi, Ken. How are you? It's minus five degrees. <laughs> Did you just hear that? Yes, <laughs> That's the goodness. temperature. Oh, that is not the wind chill. The wind chill is like, oh, I don't right. know, minus 100 degrees or something. Oh, it's ridiculous. It makes you wish you were here. Remember when you came up in August, Ken? Yeah, it, was, it, was, state warm, fair. it was warmer than It was warmer than it was. Five, minus five degrees. It wasn't. There was no wind chill. But you know something? I've never heard somebody from Minnesota complain about the weather ever. Well, you never so heard me because must... I complain. I'm not from <laughs> here. Maybe that's the problem, yeah. right? I didn't yeah. grow up uh, immersed in this. No, so but, but, yeah, but but Carl Rolvag never complained about the weather. I knew that. <laughs> okay, drink. You just got Carl Rolvag in, into the conversation. <laughs> All right. Um, hey, there are two big hearings on Capitol Hill this week, and I want to start with the hearing that is not. Uh, Michael Cohen's. I want to start with the hearing in which CEOs of big pharma companies are coming in to the Senate to take questions about why their drugs cost so much. Chuck Grassley chairs this committee, doesn't he? Oh, my goodness. You you caught me on a subject that I am not following. Really? You're not following this? I'm Uh, not, no. Ken. All right. Well, then I guess... I'll talk about it on my show, and we'll <laughs> and we'll talk about Michael Cohen. Well, we could do that. That's the easy part because Cohen and and Trump and everything that's going on with Robert Mueller. That's all part of the same thing. Uh, yeah, no, you caught me on something that I'm just not following. The, yeah. So let's talk about Michael oh, Cohen. What do you expect to happen? Well, Michael. Co- well, it's interesting. I mean, you know, it's been delayed so many times. Obviously, he's going to finally testify on Wednesday before the uh, House Oversight and Government Reform Committee. That will be out in the open, and everybody will be listening while President Trump is meeting uh, with uh, Kim Jong-un in, in Hanoi uh, on the same day. It'll be a, like dual screens on television, which I always love. Cohen will be asked a lot of questions about his relationship and what, what he plans to say about Donald Trump. You know, when he when when Michael Cohen's offices and home were, were raided by the FBI uh, months back, we all felt that this could be very, very significant. And for all the things that Robert Mueller is, 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 is investigating and other things going on about Manafort and possible uh, Russian collusion, things like that, Cohn knew, knows the secrets. He knows where the bodies are buried. He knows about the hush money to former Playboy playmates. I mean, he knows everything. And if he testifies what he knows, it could be significant. Now, of course, already Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani and other allies of the president are saying that Michael Cohn is an admitted liar and that everything he says is already suspect. But uh, it will be, a, I suspect, bombshell testimony. So, so, Ken, he is not testifying about Russia, anything that he might know about the meetings or what the president knew or whatever. So this is really more about personal relationship and the things that with the president and the things that Donald Trump had Michael Cohen do over the, the years everything. of their association. I mean, yeah. 
Yeah, I have a friend. Like, I mean, we should not feel any sympathy for Michael Cohen. I should tell you that I have a friend in the media business who who they once ran or threatened to run an anti-Trump editorial, and Michael Cohen got on the phone with him and in obscenity-laced conversations threatened lawsuits and this and this on behalf of Donald Trump. So when the going was good, Michael Cohen was gladly doing Donald Trump's bidding. Of course, now that that is, uh, now that he's under investigation and everything Trump seems to be doing is under investigation, Michael Cohen almost seems like a pitiful figure and almost a sympathetic figure. But for the longest time, if there was anything that Trump was doing, Michael Cohen was behind it. He is going to jail for a long time. I mean, we, right, because there's concurrent convictions and it sounds like he's going to serve a pretty big chunk of time. Well, at least he's been I think he's been sentenced to three years in prison. He be, he doesn't report until early May. I think it's May 6th or something like that. Um, but unlike I mean, it's interesting. I mean, again, you can't this may be apples and oranges, but but maybe not because they both work for the same person or both worked for the same person. But Paul Manafort looks like he may be yeah. going to prison for the rest of his life yeah. because he right. worked out deals and abrogated and you know abrogated his agreement and lied to prosecutors even after he worked out a deal. And of course, the president has been hinting about possible uh, pardons for Paul Manafort, but not for Michael Cohen because Michael Cohen is a Judas and a traitor and and a liar. So. It's it's almost I mean it, it's sad to watch what's happened to him because he seems to be I mean he was you know he thought that Donald Trump would take him to the end of the earth and he he, he latched his star along to to Donald Trump and now if it's if it's towards if it's the almost at the end of the line again it'll just be very fascinating to see what he has to say and and I don't think he's going to testify with any great relish I think it's it's more just out of sorrow than anything else. Ken Rudin is with us, the political junkie, as he is on Monday mornings. If you have questions for him about the president's summit with the leader of North Korea or 2020 Democratic contenders or anything like that, here's the phone number. six But not, five, but not pharma. But, but not, not big pharma. pharma. Don't ask him about it. You can no. ask me about no. that because oh, no. I'm ready for that. But <laughs> 651 227 800-242-2828 for Ken and on Twitter at Kerry NPR. Now, you mentioned that the president is on his way today to Vietnam uh, for this summit with Kim Jong-un. I read an interesting headline in The Times, Ken. I wonder if you caught this. Um, uh, it was targeted really at or about Mike Pompeo. And uh, the heart- headline said, defender of world order or Trump mouthpiece. Interesting to watch how uh, Mike Pompeo is straddling that line. How would you answer that question? It was a fascinating article. And obviously the role that Mike Pompeo is is straddling, uh, the line he's straddling, is, is, is fascinating because as the article points out, he's one of the few people who has not uh, um, uh, alienated himself from the president because the the president loves to like. There was also a headline in the in the Washington Post last week that the president has completely soured on Dan Coats, who's the director I of national that. intelligence. Yeah, but Pompeo is still in his good graces. Uh, he's still defending the president, while at the same time he seems to be like like, I mean, caring deeply about about diplomatic niceties. And so when when Mike Pence 
was was urging Europe to just break from Iran, and he was chastising chastising U.S. allies. Uh, Mike Pence was for for uh, going along with the with the Iran nuclear deal. Uh, uh, Pompeo was said to be uh, fuming in private, saying you're you're upsetting the diplomatic. Uh, um, way of life, and and so it's interesting to see the role that Pompeo is. He's not, he's not, he's not a a, a Trump warrior. He's not an establishment figure. Uh, he's a matter of fact respected for the most part by both sides. But the also interesting thing about Mike Pompeo is that for, I, I spoke to somebody in Kansas who has been assured by people close to Pompeo that he will leave in the next couple of months to run for the Senate seat oh. that uh, Pat Roberts is ah. giving up in Kansas. Interesting. So we'll see how long that, that he lost hey, a word, in the cabinet. A, a word real quick here about Dan Coats. I mean, some of the disillusionment goes back to that Aspen interview that Andrea Mitchell from NBC did with him, right, where they're in front of a crowd – it, it, it news breaks that Putin it may be yeah. coming to oh, the yeah. White House, and Dan Coats reacts in a pretty authentic way, <laughs> right? But it was embarrassing to the president. Well, every time that 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 a member of the press uh, recounts something that Dan Coats has said or a report he has issued, that's embarrassing to the president because to have his own director of of of, of intelligence basically contradict what Trump has been saying all along about Russia and Iran and things like that. Well, the president can't possibly like that. So Dan Coates has always been a straight shooter. He's a former senator from Indiana uh, um, and widely respected in Republican circles. And he didn't he was not necessarily a Trump loyalist, but he is certainly a Republican Party loyalist. And when he says that, look, uh, Russia absolutely interfered in the 2016 election, or or there is no indication that Iran is abrogating the nuclear deal. Um, he says what he believes, and of course Trump doesn't like to hear that. Call here from Dave in St. Paul. Hi, Dave. What are you What are you curious about? Hi, Gary. Hi, Ken. So I heard a uh, brief story on MSNBC the other day about. Um, the Republican National Committee and the Democratic National Committee tried to come to an agreement not to use hacked or stolen information in the elections in 2020. And apparently that agreement never came to fruition. Can you hmm. say anything about that? Do you know anything about this story? Ken? I don't. I do know, of course, what happened in 2016, that the Republican Party loved to use the stuff that was stolen by WikiLeaks and, 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 and regarding the DNC emails and the John Podesta emails. Uh, I don't know if anything has happened with that. Obviously, obviously, the, 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 the people who are doing the hacking seem to be more interested in getting Democratic information than Republican information. But as far as I know, there is no deal uh, no agreement set in stone, certainly, uh, for 2020. That would be interesting to watch. Call here from Bob in St. Paul. Hi, Bob. Just got it. I was just copying down the numbers. I went to a website called uh, the Center for Responsive Politics. Yes, excellent. Senator excellent. Chuck Grassley's, um, he's bought off uh, from, uh, according to their sources here, and they ask you to quote them as Center for Responsive Politics when you use these figures okay. uh, from uh, the so what are you looking at campaign contributions, Bob? Yeah, what what million. are you seeing? Well, uh, to business, uh, eleven million two hundred forty-four thousand over those years. That's eighty-eight percent. Now, if you go to another website, uh, that'll break that down. But uh, big pharma and health 
account for about 2.3 million of that over over that. Uh, to Senator like Grassley. Yeah, that's Grassley. Okay. And he's, well, he's, okay. So Bob, here's what I'd say about since since Ken is not uh, up to speed smart. on this, I would just say. In some ways, I mean, Grassley is doing what pharma wishes he wouldn't if they're giving him campaign contributions, hoping to influence, you know, the way he's holding hearings or the way he's voting. I mean, the the last thing big pharma wants is for the CEOs to have to be brought into Capitol Hill and embarrassed. And and it, it, it looks like it's going to be somewhat embarrassing testimony. Ken, you want to weigh in on campaign contributions and... But you know, this is not new to, to Chuck Grassley or right. just an exclusive about Chuck Grassley. This has been the complaint for for years about the role that big big uh, lobbies like big pharma, like 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 the you know the health certainly the health industry, the tobacco industry for the longest time. They were the the the, uh, the gun industry. They would give millions and millions of dollars to these to these lawmakers who are holding hearings about the legalities or or or, or you know, laws about to be enacted things like that and and the argument that members of congress are being bought out you know bought and paid for that's not exclusively against republicans only democrats are, are being accused of the same thing and that is certainly not a new uh, phenomenon, and, to be sure. You know, having covered this kind of thing in our state capital here, Ken, it, it does not work as in, I'll give you money and you'll do exactly what we want. It's access. It's it's not direct influence on votes usually. It's campaign contributions buy you access in a way that the average voter and average American never gets. That's what yeah, big that money is, that is, buys. Right. That's exactly right. And that's what the lobbies uh, have been uh, uh, accused of for years. Uh, just getting into a room. Mr. and Mrs. John Q. Citizen, John Q. Public cannot get into the they will never have the kind of access that big checks will buy them. That's absolutely true. Uh, last uh, question here from David in Excelsior. Hi, David. What are you curious about? Good morning, Carrie. Hi. Um, I have, would like him to weigh in on uh the administration's attempt to do an end run around Congress and transfer nuclear technology to Saudi Arabia, a very serious uh, situation uh, since we're uh, the hawks in the administration would like to go to war with Iran because it may develop nuclear technology. A, a very complicated yeah. situation here, Ken, especially given where members of the Republican Party are on the killing of uh, Khashoggi and what the president's been saying about Saudi Arabia. And let's not forget the relationship Jared Kushner has with the with the royal crown prince and, and right. the, the, you know, the government in Saudi Arabia. This is I mean, this is what's driving Republicans nuts because because Donald Trump came to office blasting the war in Iraq and, bl- and blasting the Bush administration, let alone the Obama administration, for you know leading to war. Remember, uh, Obama was against into a war with North Korea. Uh, what what Bush the Bush family did with uh, with Iraq, and so the fact that the president seems to be pushing for war, uh, uh, arguing for war against Iran, again, and also intervention in Venezuela, this seems to be the complete opposite of what Donald Trump says he wants. But the fact that they're willing to give this, this nuclear information to Saudi Arabia, which Congress says is absolutely violates the law, uh, and of course, but the number of Republicans who will stand up and, and denounce the president on this is it's not even on one hand, and that's that's the dilemma that Republicans find themselves. Whether it's 
you'll find the you know the the uh, profiles encouraged to stand up on something that's allegedly illegal. <laughs> uh, we didn't even get to Democrats 2020, so we'll talk about that next Monday, and we'll talk about what the big pharma CEOs said. Ken, all right, there'll be a quiz coming up next. Okay, well, Monday right now that. I'll be washing I'll be washing my comb, so we'll talk later. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. You just heard a recording of a live radio show on NPR News. To add your voice to the discussion, you can call in at 800-242-2828 or tweet us at NPR. And if you miss us live, you'll find all our shows by subscribing to this podcast. You can send us your questions or comments by emailing talk at npr.org.